Welcome back to Free Talk. We'd like to use this episode to highlight breast cancer. In October, the world takes this month to usher awareness, to gather and teach about where we are with this and how we can help. This is Aya. And this is Shani. We feel it's important to also put a narrative forward. We have a new episode every Monday on all platforms you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to our podcast, like, rate, and share with others. You can connect with us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at freetalk.ca. Breast cancer is the second most common cancer diagnosed in women. Breast cancer can occur in both men and women. Breast cancer awareness is important and research funding can help create treatments. Early detection can be utilized to have a better understanding of cancer and reduce deaths and increase survival for people with breast cancer. There are many types of breast cancer. DCIS, LCIS, inflammatory breast cancer, male breast cancer, recurrent breast cancer, just to name a few. A breast lump or thickening that feels different. Change in the size, shape, or appearance of a breast. Changes to the skin on the breast, peeling, scaling, crusting, or even flaking. Redness are some of the signs and symptoms that can be attributed to breast cancer. If you find a lump or see any of these signs, please consult your doctor. We'd like to take this time to talk about prevention, lowering the risk and early detection. I'd also like to take a moment to talk about my experience and we invited my cousin, Curlene to speak about hers. So making changes in your daily life may help. First, become familiar with your breast. Perform self-examinations. This way you will quickly detect if there are any changes like lumps, skin changes, or any other signs. If you do find any changes, please consult your doctor. Limit postmenopausal hormone therapy. Combination hormone therapy may increase the risk of breast cancer. Limit the amount of alcohol you consume. If you choose to drink, it is asked to limit yourself to one drink a day. Exercise most days of the week. Try for 30 minutes on most days if you're able to be active. Talk with your doctor about the lowest dose of hormone therapy possible for the shortest amount of time. Maintain a healthy weight. If you're already at a healthy weight, work on maintaining that weight. If you're not, please insert exercise into your routine to get a healthy weight. Eat healthy. Plant-based foods such as fruits and vegetables, whole grain, legumes, and nuts. Healthy fats like olive oil and fish are also items to add to your meals. These are all changes you must add to your life. We're all trying to lead a healthier and productive life. There are so many websites you can consult to help you have a better understanding and ways you can help. The Canadian Breast Cancer Network, Le Réseau Canadien du Cancer du Sein, offers so much information in both French and English. You can be educated on breast cancer. They have magazines, stories from cancer survivors, and webinars you can join. You can also assist further with donations to the cause directly on the website. 
And for those who want to connect with them uh, via social media, they have Facebook, Twitter, and a YouTube page. You can type in CBCN, Canadian Breast Cancer Network. Now I'd like to introduce Caroline Hospitalis to share her story. Hello, everyone. I'm Caroline Patricia Hospitalis from hot, sunny Trinidad and Tobago. Lovely country, by the way. And I'm going to talk about my experience with having a family member who was diagnosed with breast cancer. So on uh, January 26, 2017, it changed our lives. Um, we were getting ready to go to a funeral, actually. I had to sing at my friend's father's funeral. And my sister called and she said, um, I have some news for you all that's not going to be, you know, nice to hear. And I told her, I said, oh, we're on a going to a funeral right now, so I wouldn't have Wi-Fi. She said, well, okay, I, I can't give you that news going to a funeral, so when you get back. Uh, it was annoying at me while at the funeral, actually. I'm wondering, what did she have to tell us that, you know? So while we were at the cremation site, I realized that they had Wi-Fi. So I messaged her and I told her, I said, you can talk to me now if you want. And she said, trust me. Wait until you reach home. So as soon as we get home, I messaged her and I said, well, we just walked through the door. What is happening? And she said, are you sitting? I said, do I need to sit? She said, yes, you need to sit for this news. And uh, she told me, um, I just got out of the doctor's office and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Three lumps and each lump was a different type of cancer. So it was a very rare type of cancer that she had. You know, and she told me, um, well, they're gonna start treatment. They wanna do chemo. And now was given the task for me to tell mommy that your daughter just said she has breast cancer. It took me a little while. It took me a little while. I think it was the next day I, um, I put her sit down and I told her what was happening. And it was a bumpy few weeks. Every day we would talk back and forth. I would keep giving her words of encouragement and whatnot going into, she was about to get cut. They were going to remove the breast and then to start chemo. Funny thing about knowing God and being Bernadine, you always happen to be the one to keep other people strong. It's something that we share. We, are, we were always the ones that would be the strong ones among everybody. We would, we would be in pain and we'd be asking you if you're okay. So going into the surgery, she was all smiling. And she told me, well, see you when I get out. And the next day, I got a phone call and she said, well, everything went good I'm in the recovery room. So um, I can't talk much, but every day we would communicate for just a small portion of time, you know. 
I think when someone has cancer, though, it affects everybody in your family. So um, it was while she was recovering that I got a phone call that one of my friends is dying from cancer. And um, we used to sing together. And it was so hard. I was, it was my uh, entrance into UTT on that first day for orientation. One of my friends had just had died that same day, breast cancer. And now my sister has it and going through this, this process. And now I'm being told that my other friend is dying from cancer. And it made me spring into action one time to see what I can do. I'm a musician and a spoken word poet. So I decided, okay, this is the avenue I'm going to use to spread cancer awareness, to let people know that, listen, it's here. We have to deal with it. If you have someone who's going through this, you're not alone. There are other people who's going through the same thing. Let's get together and let's help. So I contacted a few of my my friends in the music industry and I told them what was happening and I said, listen, let's have a concert. So we had a concert. I got a lot of people to come out and we raised funds, but the funds we were raising, my sister didn't need it, but there were other people with cancer that would have needed things. So it went for that purpose. And then I said, I'm gonna keep a health here I'm going to get some people to come out and when I'm done, when I'm done at the evening, we're going to end with a concert. And I kept putting that there, you know, I got my friends who are into spoken word as well to write poetry on cancer and, you know, we were, every event we kept, we had a talk. It wasn't only on cancer, but other lifestyle diseases and all of that. We would have a talk, we would have the show. And then we would, you know, we would, we would leave. And then um, she was going through the chemo and she would send me pictures of her hair falling off, of her feet, how they were getting. And we would pray, we would laugh because she would still be strong even through it. And then she started to bounce back. And it was high hopes for all of us because she went through a year looking really good. She got back her size, her hair grew back and everything. And I told her one day, I said, every time you give me bad news, it is when I am already in a piece of bad news because I was, I had just gotten news that my drummer, he was talking to a friend uh, he went to bed like three o'clock in the morning and the next day they called me and told me he never got up. When she called me and she told me I have some news again, the cancer is back. And this time it was in her, in her neck. It was resting um, by her voice box. So she already started to, you know, you were hardly hearing what she was saying. She had this hoarse voice and stuff and she did not want to go through another round of chemo, but they told us she had to. They couldn't cut where it was. And it was um, when 
I was at Simon's funeral that my aunt called and she said, um, your sister says that she wants to speak to your mom right now. You need to speak to her mom right now. And well, I got scared one time. And I called my cousin and I told him, I said, listen, get in contact with my aunt. She was over there, get in contact with her. And Gemma wants to speak to mom right now. And um, I was not home. When I got home, she, mommy, you can see she was feeling it, looking at her on the bed. And I knew that she was saying her goodbye. She had called me some months prior and she asked me, she said, listen, don't, don't panic or anything, but I need you to send me a funeral program from back home. And then she sent me some poems and she said, if, if you have to choose poems to put in my funeral book, what would you choose? And I sent, I picked out, she wrote them herself. I sent her the ones that I will use, and she said, okay, thanks. I said, um, what's happening? And she, she said to me, um, ah, don't worry about it. But she was saying her goodbyes at that point when she wanted to speak to mommy, and she got the chance to. And then a um, few weeks after, she called again, my aunt and my uncles and her children, and they were there, and she couldn't speak much, but she was waving, so we knew she was going. Uh, the experience was, wow. And being at the funeral was something else. But she fought that fight with real dignity. Down to her last, she was telling people, don't worry, everything will be fine. Don't cry. You know, stay strong. She was keeping others strong even down to her last. And that's amazing. You can only do that when you have God in your life. It was a pleasure having her as my sister. She was my friend, advisor sometimes. She used to call me like really, really ridiculous hours to say, listen, I have to do something in church. I need you to write a poem. I need you to help me come up with a program, but I will do it because it's Jama, you know? Yes. Um, I love my sister dearly. That scar will always be there, you know, always knowing that she's not here. She's the first person I would call if something happened. And I am the first person she would call if something happened. You know, recently I was like, wait, hey, I have no Jama to call to tell her so and so happened, boy. You know, and at that point, you know, you really feel a hole, this person is not there anymore. But the legacy that she left, when I was at her funeral, I was amazed at how much lives she had touched, how much people had to say things about her that were so positive. And even the hospital, they now have a bench that they named after her and a ward. So that legacy that she left will always live on. Mm. And her children are like her, so we know that that legacy will continue. It's because of her that um, in my sister's name, Cancer Foundation came about, where our aim is using our talent, using music and spoken word poetry to go out there and spread cancer awareness. It is because of her that the I Respect Initiative is now here. 
um, where we are taking care packages to children and adults with cancer. Tomorrow we are going to go with four of those packages to Mount Hope Children's Hospital together with the Just Because Foundation. We are going to be giving out four of those samples and we continue to give out as we go along. We have a few authors that gave books to put in the care packages to give out as well. And we'll be thank them for that. So that's my story <laughs> on my road to cancer with my sister. Thank you for sharing. That's a, a lot that you went through and I only had a glimpse of that, obviously. Um, Bernadette was my cousin, and even here we prayed for her every every day, trying to remain hopeful. And it's great to know that she influenced so many people and influenced you to do this amazing new venture that you're on, helping other people that are living with cancer. Thank you so much for sharing your story. In my case, uh, the person that was living with cancer is my stepmom, or was my stepmom, and we went through a lot of the similarities that you did. Um, she went to the hospital a lot for different reasons, mostly for her heart. And funny enough, at that time, the doctors did ask her, uh, would you like us to, because here you have a choice at first, would you like us to check everything? But because of everything she was going through, she didn't want to. So there's a possibility that she was living with cancer longer than she thought. But when she had to stay at the hospital, they checked and saw that she also had lumps in her breasts. Uh, we had a lot of ups and downs while she was in the hospital. And like you said, it does affect everyone because um, with my dad, in his case, uh, he would go to work, go to the hospital, stay as like until they kick us out of the hospital, then went home. I did the same. My sisters did the same. And it was a rough thing to go through. But like you said, when you're a God-fearing person, you find ways to get through it. We went to the hospital. Um, everybody knew who we were because we were always there with her every single day. The nurses and everybody, they're like, okay, so the kid's here. Let's just give them space so they could spend time with her. And that's what we did to help her get through it. Just always be there. We're always by her side. There was not one day that we, we weren't there. We wanted to make sure that whatever she's going through, we're there with her. And um, the little things that we got to do for her, um, like I always painted her nails um, just so, you know, she could feel really good about it. I remember um, one of her main doctors when um, I didn't get the chance to do her nails, he literally came and asked me, so what happened to the nails? I said, well, you know, <laughs> let me give her a moment to breathe. I can't be doing her nails every time. And we just made, made it a, a easygoing environment, even though she was going through something this hard because she was in there for more than just breast cancer. So it was a lot. And she did have a moment where she was sent home and we were all thankful because the doctor said, we got it, we're good. Um, she just has to change her lifestyle and do certain things. And when we were home, it was difficult to, to watch only because um, when my stepmom came into our life, she is a very, was a very lively person. 
um, if she wants to go somewhere, she waits for no one. She just goes at it. Uh, she, al- she was always surrounded by all the children, all the kids my age and younger, from her kids' uh, friends to my friends. Everyone called her Miss Grace because you can't help but want to get to know her. She's a very positive, wonderful person. And so when she came home, it was very hard because it wasn't the same. Everything was slowed down. She had moments where she wasn't okay, where she cried, where she felt pain. And it wasn't something I was used to. So like you, Kirlene, and like Gemma, um, I'm always being the strong one. So I always tried to make sure that her and that everyone around us was okay. And it's not that it's not that I took on the burden and said, it's just it's within me. I cannot help it. It's just I want to make sure that everybody's okay. So that's why I tried, well, I hope I tried to be as strong as possible through what she was going through with cancer and tried to make it as happy as I could in that situation. Going back and forth to the hospital was hard, but it didn't feel like like I was doing, you know, I went through from childhood till if she wasn't there, I would have definitely gone down a different route. So I'm very thankful for her. And I am sorry that she had to go through this amount of pain. But like she always tells me, everything happens for a reason. And it did for me, I feel. (laughs) So everyone who is going through um, any type of cancer, everyone is with you. You may not feel that, but all your family is there. Everyone will react to it in a different way, but people are there and they care. And that's something I always wanted to say to people going through any type of cancer. You are not alone. Even a stranger is there for you because everybody's always praying for anyone that's going through anything. So never feel that it's just you. And before... I start crying. Let us go to the quote <laughs> of the episode. And I would like you two to um, tell me your take on it. And it's kind of what we've been talking about. So the quote is, when someone has cancer, the whole family and everyone who loves them does too. Yes, um, I believe so too as well. Um, I uh, Even like we were talking, Ayanna, before when with your stepmom, um, I remember, and yes, you were very strong, and yes, I saw how it affected, um, you know, your family and everything, and yes, I've had family members as well, so I understand, yes, it does affect, it does affect everybody, and it touches everybody in different ways, and this quote uh, is is perfect for that, and it, it just shows us also, like you, both of you have said, that um, you're not alone. There are people there for you, with you, um, and even even people you don't think you can lean on. You should, it's, all you have to do is ask sometimes, or just you know, poke them. <laughs> Say I'm here. Can I talk for a sec? You know, so it's just to know that you you are loved no matter what. Um, there's no restrictions. I definitely find that statement to be very true. Um, my mom went through this 
in her own way. It affected her differently from how it affected me. Because sometimes Gemma would call and she would ask her mommy and you know, by the time they finish talking, because I already told her everything. So mommy would be, we are ready to talk again. You and your sister understood everything, right? So it affected her one way. It affected me a completely different way. And for children, it is very hard on them and her husband. But with me, it's different. Her friends love her, yes, and it will affect them in, in a different way to me, right? But where Bernadine and Curlene is concerned, where Gemma and I are concerned, it affects me differently to everybody else. Because I was the sister that was the protector. Nobody can come, couldn't come wrong, my sister, you're mad. I was the protector. And she was that rock for me. So with us, it, it would have been different. Our relationship was different to any other. So it affects me way differently than, for instance, I don't cry. And when my aunt called me and said, she's gone, I said, mm -mm. that was my response. And I went through the day smiling. And for the week I was fine. I was going about my business and whatnot. And when I got to Gatwick Airport and I was asked, why are you here? And I said, I came for my sister's funeral. It hit me like a ton of it. I was in the airport and the lady had to wait for me to compose myself. I got to England and everything was fine. You know, I was there talking with everybody else, making sure my niece and my nephew were okay and all of that. And then my brother-in-law told me, I have scheduled your viewing of your sister. And I was sitting in the funeral home and I was fine until I walked through that door and I saw her in that box and nobody could have stopped me. The street must be was hearing me bawling inside that room. It was hard. It was really, really, really hard. Who would have thought that I would have cried that much? I went to see her twice. I stayed almost an hour looking at her in that box. And the day of the funeral, I still couldn't contain my tears. Because of the type of person she was and because of the fact that, listen, this didn't only happen to my sister. It happened to me too. Every time she went for chemo and she was in pain, I felt it as well. So yes, your family members and everybody that love you, they go through that journey with you and they feel that pain with you because cancer is a very painful thing. Very, very painful thing. So I agree with that statement. Thank you for being with us on another episode of Free Talk. We hope we were able to give you some tips and tools you can use to get educated on breast cancer. You can email us at freetalk.ca at gmail.com and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at freetalk.ca. This has been Aya and Shani. 
We'll catch you on the next episode of Free Talk. Stay safe. Bye.